What is up guys, Preston Hazard here of Dumb Talk with Preston Hazard, uh, working on our three-part series pertaining, or mini-series pertaining to me um, as an animator and working on my current television series, Fundamentally Cynical. This is the third and final installment of that mini-series, sub-series, whatever you want to call it where I talk about the actual writing of individual episodes and the overall release and basically how we work each episode for the series. And today's episode is super special because joining me today in the studio is the one, the only co-creator and lead writer of the show, Keith Smoker. He's best known as the writer of the show, but also as a correspondent for the Writing Eagle, am I correct? That is correct. As well as the lead bass, lead basis, okay, the basis for Writing Bass Rock Band, John Flywheel, which, which might I add, we have a ton of their t-shirts going on sale in the store, PrestonHazard.com slash store or shop, where you can find all of our cool merch, such as Garbage Can Man show shirts, Fundamentally Cynical shirts, Radwick's merch, and now John Flywheel. So buy them while they're there because they're a limited edition and we're going to figure out a price as we go. So without further ado, Keith, thanks for uh, coming on the show. You're welcome. And um, so I have a couple questions for you pertaining to <clears throat> just the overall writing process. So what, what did you, like, how did you, I mean, I, I know they don't. How did you meet me? Like, how did this work? Well, uh, I heard that there was a fan in Connecticut of John Flywheel. And I heard he wanted to use the music for, and that would be you, and uh, that you wanted to use the music for our for your show. So uh, I said absolutely. Uh, you know, we uh, our drummer lives up here, so I came to visit uh, our drummer Jeff Scott, and uh, and that's that's how I met Preston. Preston uh, used our music and and uh, I checked it out on uh, on Amazon Prime and uh, I liked what I heard so we started talking and and basically that's that's how we met yeah and I always tell my friends at my I go to a school up here by where I live I'm gonna be a senior this year which is crazy and their band uh, for whatever reason our school likes punk music no idea why kind of a thing I guess and their band's really popular and and not necessarily because of me but just because they are so I tell everyone that I was able to sit down at a restaurant with the bassist and the drummer of um of the band and they were like talking about you know all the stuff they did and like their early demo days it was super cool actually um before we further like go on that could you elaborate on that because I'm a huge music fan and I know a lot of our viewers are so how did how did you start Flywheel? Um, well, I had, I had met Jeff Paul, uh, we were playing in a band, I was, I was, uh, auditioning for a band called the Dan Yodi Band, oh my god, this is back in the early 80s, and, um, the guitar player was, uh, Jeff Paul, and I met him on the day I showed up at the studio, uh, to, to do some recording. And um, so we hit it off, and before you know it, uh, you know, I, I was moving out of my parents, and um, he, had a, he had a place over in Flying Hills, so I moved in, not Flying Hills, sorry, somewhere else, but uh, close. It has flying in the name, I know that. Um, and we moved in together, started collaborating on songwriting, and, and, uh, and then we created a band called the Zoo Boys. Yeah! And... Uh, the Zoo Boys became pretty popular in, in Reading and around Berks County, Pennsylvania. And um, we did some recordings with the famous uh, producer now, David Ivory from Philadelphia. 
and uh, also uh, Rob Minnig, yeah. Rob Minnig from the Ocean Blue, and um, and we we started to get some interest. So they they asked us to change uh, the name of our band uh, because they didn't like the name Zoo Boys, which. Sounds typical producer. Yeah, stuff. yeah. So, so uh, the we, joys of the 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 media industry, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, we um, we decided we were going to change our name, and then our drummer uh, quit, um, and then we and then uh, Jeff Scott, uh, we we were auditioning drummers and uh, met him out in a little bar in Swamp Pike and he was playing with a band called the Twang Gang which was a country rock band and I thought oh this guy's a good drummer uh, you know I think I'll talk to him so we, we, I talked to him and and he, he I gave him some tapes and he listened to him he loved them and came out to our, our practice and we had an audition with our producer Rob Minig and um, Rob said that's your guy so that's how that happened with, with John Flywheel came together we, we then were John Flywheel so that um, kind of brings it back to my involvement with them as a band as well as uh, how I got Keith in the show from my perspective is I, I, I knew Jeff, um, the drummer, for a while now and um, he owns a local shop which I've been going since I was young. Should we say the name? I guess we can. They've been in the show. Absolutely. Radwick's. Radwick's Coffee and Sandwich. And I remember as a young kid, my father saying, you have to try this. It's so good. And drinking their coffee for the first time and eating big bite out of this delicious sausage, egg, and cheese going, holy crap, this is amazing. And one day I said to my dad, I said, I'm just going to go myself. You know, why do I need you? I got my uh, permit by then. So I drove you know, with my mom, but still drove down there. And after a while I started, you know, the show, I started to develop it. And I thought, and Jeff had no idea about the show. And I thought, well, what if I, I want to have local companies and shows getting bigger and I want to start promoting local businesses because I love people who do that. I know the family guy did that. Um, so I'm like, all right. So I, I said, what if he lets me? So I went out to Jeff and I said, Hey, I have this show. It's animated. It's crazy. Can I use your restaurant? And he's like, well, let me check it out and um, I'll let you know. So he watches it. He comes back uh, and he tells me he loved it and it was crazy and uncensored and, and in his words, like something we don't see a lot. And, and he said he wants, uh, definitely wants his restaurant in it. Then he turns around and he asks me about my music. Which there, I, uh, I believe Jim Spieth wrote an article about that, right? Yeah. yeah. And he goes, um, like, you know, what do you do for music? I said, well, I'm into, you know, older, older rock. And, um, you know, I had a band called The Doors. Yeah. Surprise, my favorite band of all time. Um, in, the ba in the show. And I just stuck him in there without getting proper permission. And I got um, kind of a cease and desist order for that, which was great. You know, nothing like your favorite band telling you to stop using their music or they're going to sue you. So <laughs> still my favorite band. No hard feelings there, guys. But um, anyway, he goes, well, I was part of a band. And he starts telling me this whole story about Zoo Boys, now John Flywheel. And he said, let me send you some demos. So he sent me which is kind of cool, sent me some of their demos. And I remember just thinking, every, you know, at that time, so many people had tried to give me their music, and, and I'm not going to lie, it's it, never really good. You know, I mean, they're, they're trying, and I always tell you, know, good job, but it's never, like, good music, I, personally. And so I'll, I put it on my headphones, just totally not expecting much, as per usual. And I'm in the woods, because I do a lot of exercising, and I'm biking. I remember having these headphones in, going, holy crap, 
how is this possible? The sandwich dude made this? Like, this is amazing. And I find out about the whole team, everyone involved with this music, and I fell in love with the, the hardcore rock, rock and roll involved with this, this outfit and how good they were as a three-piece band. And so I heard about their bassist, because I'm a bassist, Keith Smoker. I was a huge fan of his, his style. Um, and I heard a lot about how he plays, because you're, you're more like rhythmic, right? You don't really like know too, too many like, like scales. You just kind of play by ear. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty much self-taught. I'm a self-taught musician. Uh, started out on guitar. And so, yeah, when I got to, when graduated to the bass, it was more uh, a rhythmic thing for me. I just followed along what I heard and tried to fill in the empty spots. And um, it seemed to work out. So I just uh, kept using that style. And I think that's how it's a good way to, to find your style is to um, just kind of teach yourself, you know. And I think that's probably why I have the style I have is because I, I taught myself. And also because I was a guitar player. So I knew how to play guitar already. So that's exactly how I am. Exactly how I am. I started with the guitar and I really don't know what the heck I'm doing, but I can play about anything by ear. And I take make my own spin off of it. It's kind of my signature style. So really, I, I identified with that, and um, it was really cool because so I, I heard about him and I heard about that and said I got to meet this guy. So we you came up. I forget why. Just I guess to visit Chile. Yeah. And uh, Jeff and so we went up and we met at this place called the. What was it, the I it, I don't remember. It was a really good breakfast. Yeah, place. It was actually. I want to go back. Yeah, to I don't it. remember. Um. New Hartford Diner, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So I met at the New Hartford Diner and I talked with him and somehow you just, you're like, I should, I could write with the show, the garbage, the first show. And I was like, well, you know, the show's ending, so I don't really have a place for you. I have to get rid of my current writers as it is. I said, but I, I'm, I'm thinking about coming up with a new show called Fundamentally Cynical. Well, at the time, you know, we had no name. And that, of course, we explained in the last two episodes. So if you haven't seen it yet, go back to part one of this three-part series, guys. Anyway, available on Spotify. Anyway, but um, but I remember... Amazon Prime. That's the show. The, that's the oh, show oh, this, itself. Okay, all right. This is available on Spotify. I'm sorry. Nope, you're yes. good. But, um, but yeah, so anyway, we started talking. And uh, further down the line, I mean, you basically co-created the show with me. Am I correct? Well, kind of, you know, we just laid out uh, laid out some of the, you know, I, I did a lot of watching of uh, the Garbage Can Man show and kind of tie in the themes around that. The Good job with that, too. Uh, you know, just the whole the whole vibe of the Garbage Can Man show, which is, you know, silly and psychotic and, psychotic <laughs> and uh, um, was right up my alley. So, uh, yeah. I decided uh, I knocked out. Uh, we, we we started with a couple of jokes and and built around those jokes and uh, put in some alien themes and things like that. And then Preston did his magic and uh, and there you have it. But tell them about the mishap on the first episode. I will, but actually I already did. On oh, you the did. Last one about oh, how okay. we died. Right. But what I think um, is really cool is why I really think his part is so large in this series overall is I am more horror and more gore, graphic, psycho-based, uncensored, random. And that was my kind of theme from the beginning. And I never once thought about sci-fi, ever. And so he, as a writer, single-handedly changed what I did and really made it so much different than the last show, which is so good because 
that was kind of my my goal. You know, the Garbage Can Man show, just on a personal note, represents a lot of stuff for me. Um, it's I started going to a new school, and it was really hard because for whatever reason, a lot of people there already knew who I was. And so kind of the whole idea of who who's real and who isn't, you know, why are these people friends with me? Because when I was young, people really didn't like me. And now everyone likes me. And I don't know if they actually like me or just what I do. And it was really hard for me for a year, really hard and a lot of stress. And probably the only time in my life where I was super down all the time, which I'm, as I've said before, never a down person ever, like the most upbeat guy ever. And so it was hard for me. And... Um, you know, that show represented so much emotion, raw feeling that I put into it. And I wanted to get away from that. I wanted to do something different and just that was a chapter of my life that was closed. It's done. Goodbye. Let's start something new. And that was a big part of that. On top of the fact that the season was ending and Amazon was going to be closing with us anyway. And I didn't really feel like renewing it. So we pushed a new show and it changed so much because of him as a writer and also most of the characters' ideas or, or traits are from him. But as we talked about before, Lizard Boy is, is my original that I came up with a long time ago. And so, but yeah, so that's, but anyway, we're going to bring this back into the original idea of this episode um, of how we do each episode currently. So I know you're working, oh, they're going to be excited. I know we're working on a new season, am I right? Yes. So without giving anything away, because we still finished the first one, can you give us a little bit of an insight of what's in store for season two? Well, I, even I don't know. <laughs> I, I think that uh, the characters have been gone now for a while, leaving some campers behind at the uh, at the camp and uh, Camp Dingledork and um, and they've been gone for a while they, they're having their own adventure and this this uh, new episode is about them coming back and seeing what has happened since they have left all right yeah excited see I love it because I, I wrote the last couple episodes because I had this all myself because I had this just explosive idea that I felt like just needed to be out you know what I mean and usually I don't have that, but I took advantage of that and was able to make a few off of that. That's what you have to do. Yeah, exactly. But I love it when, when he gives me his episodes because I get it's like it's like um you know remember when you were a kid? Do you remember this? Do you ever get like subscriptions of magazines or something or just something stupid? And like you'd get like National Geographic or something, and you just get this excitement because it's like a new issue, or maybe even a package from your grandma in the mail or something like that. And you get this just excitement because you don't know what's in it, but you kind of do. So you like rip, or even on Christmas morning, you rip open a present and you pull it out and it's like, yes, it's that new whatever I've been looking forward to. Yes, life is awesome. Same kind of concept, that kind of like primal, like little kid in me pops out when I get a script from him. And I'm like, oh boy, what's gonna happen? Cause I get to spend an entire month and a half of my life dwelling <laughs> over this and thinking about nothing but that and talking about nothing but that with my now insane insanely like annoyed friends and um like i it's just so cool and exciting and um so yeah, i'm looking forward to this new season and I'm, i kind of want as much of this as i can to be a little bit of a surprise i always like there to be surprise elements because it's so exciting when it pops out i'm like yes oh I, and it's almost like i'm a fan of of it now because it's not just me so like i get to go i'm excited now i want to know what happens to the characters and i get to rip it open and I go, yes, that's what happens to them. Yes, that's where they're, go you know. So it's it's an exciting thing um, to be a part of. But um, so that's kind of the individual episode. But um, so how, I don't actually know your part. So like, let's say we made episode four of season two and it comes out and we're about to write a new one. Well, before it comes out maybe, but we're writing a new one. Like what what's going through your mind? How What do you do? Well, I just, I just, I kind of like, 
a storyline. So I, I'd like to see what happened at the end of the episode one and and maybe take it from there. And I'll and I'll sit around and and you know sometimes things happen to you during during your day that uh, you look at and you say how can I make that kind of silly junior high bus type stuff uh you know just takes me back to my to uh, as a kid i used to read mad magazine and national lampoon and that's the kind of magazines i opened up in the mail um but uh yeah you know kind of along those lines i just uh, look at something normal uh and try and make it abnormal a little bit for the show and then just uh you know i i sit down and and write the script i'm usually done in about an hour Wow, and uh, that's actually crazy. Yeah, I'm usually done in about an hour, and then I it takes then I month. email it to you. Yeah, and then I get it, and I'm like, "Yay, it's awesome!" Well, it's kind of funny though. He brings up Mad Magazine; they're definitely an inspiration. Yeah. Um, the artwork behind what's I don't remember the name of the guy who created who does the art. Uh, uh, I know Don. Oh my God! You know you're, you're. He just died too, didn't he? Did he? I think so. I'm sorry to hear that. I remember. You know Weird Al Yankovic. Yes. Who isn't a fan of him? Then he spanned three generations. I remember as a kid, I loved him. And um, he was a guest. And I remember freaking out at like 15 years old, seeing this this cover of the Weird Al as Alfred E. Newman with the tooth missing. I'm like, yes, this is the greatest thing ever. And and so that's kind of that that idea of that kind of style and that humor is what I like personally to put into the show myself as well. Because there's always a bit of, of me in there, as, of course, as well. Um, you know, you spend a month on something, obviously you're going to get a lot of lives. That's what makes it really cool is we have these two kind of different people, but different. And you've got some people working with you sometimes, too, as well. Yeah. So you've got all these different people, but kind of have the same central idea of what we're going for. Yeah, I have some funny friends that, that tell me some things. Hey, you ought to do this. You ought to do that. And then sometimes I use them and sometimes I don't. Yeah. But if, the, if I use them, their, their name goes in. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's been such a cool journey working on this show as a team, as an individual, as a, a creator. And, and um, don't forget, for all of you listening, the coolest part of my life about this show that I love so much is like those times, this happened the other day, when I took my friends to a restaurant and we're all just chilling, eating lunch, and the wait staff knew who I was and they all just decided to crowd the table, all these people working at the restaurant and they're shooting at questions about new episodes and new films and new stuff and, and when people, when you, the fan, finds me somewhere at a park and just happens to recognize my face and go, hey, I know you, why do I know you? And then I say the show and they go, oh my gosh, I love that show. That makes my, my life. I love it. I absolutely love hearing y'all, like, your stories and how it's impacted you individually as a person and your life. And I know a lot of people really, like, identify with the show, which is kind of cool. Like, I never thought there'd be such, like, um, a close relation or whatever. But I love it that some people can enjoy our art and, and what we do and our entertainment, I guess, and really get into it. So thank, thank you guys. So you're saying that, you know, when someone comes up and introduces themselves and they know you, you're not going to be snotty no, to them. Never, you're going, man. You're going to actually would talk you? to them. Of course. Of course I would talk to them. I yeah. would. However, I, and I want to stress this too. It might well, be nice. What if it becomes a problem for you? What if it becomes like too many people are bothering you? Well, it's happened before. Um, I've had, I've, like I said, like eating with my friends was a little like, 
different just because we were all trying to eat and I was just with my friends and they were definitely like what's going on and like the whole like if I bring a girl someplace and and she gets surrounded by people and it kind of gets weird and even at school it can get kind of awkward because people always want to know stuff and um, so some people who don't really like attention don't want to hang out with me as much because of that so it does get kind of annoying I guess but it doesn't at the same time and it's it's kind of like um uh, what are they, what are they, like, um, cost versus benefit, um, there's so much more of a benefit, so I would rather lose some closer friends who don't like the attention in the moment, or be a little bit, uh, bothered in the moment, because it's so much better in the long run, because I get to go to bed at night and go, wow, like, there are real human beings that I don't necessarily know, that know what I do, and enjoy it, and identify with it, so if, please, if you see me, totally come out and say hi, absolutely, don't ever think you're gonna, bug me in any way because um, really deeply you're not I love it I love the attention but um, I mean why do you think I do it honestly <laughs> right. you gotta you gotta be a little full of yourself to do it that's right in a way there's nothing wrong with that no you gotta like yourself I think it's funny how um, I started interviewing you and now you're interviewing me <laughs> hey I, I just asked one question exactly <laughs> yeah I forget I'm interviewing an interviewer so that's gonna be a big one. But um, anyway, you know what? It's been an awesome podcast. I've got to wrap things up because I've got to get going someplace. Um, but hey, guys, be sure to check in next week. Check out John Flywheel on Spotify um, or any place you get your music because they're awesome. And if I like them and you like me, you should like it too. Because if there's one thing we should agree on, it's music. Um, and so, but yeah, check them out. Uh, check out Keith as a bassist. Check out The Writing Eagle because they need some some people right i mean views and stuff let's give them some views yeah things have changed that's all i can say so check us out check everybody out um thank you all so much for watching um keith thank you so much for being here thank you preston i appreciate everything you do it was a pleasure well thank you same right. here man all right buddy have a great afternoon all right you too bye guys for now and as always you're welcome hey guys what is up Preston Hazard here of Dumb Talk with Preston Hazard. Did you like the show? I hope so. If you did, please feel free to subscribe to our podcast here on Spotify and check out my show, Fundamentally Cynical, only at Amazon Prime. You can check out and buy all of our merch at my website, which is www.prestonhazard.com slash store, where you can buy stuff such as merchandise for the show, Garbage Can Man Show shirts, and now John Flywheel shirts. Thank you all so much.